Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, <laughs> increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart. I actually, so this intro, I've been doing it for a long time and I can basically say it in my sleep, but every once in a while I'll get caught up and I'm like, yeah, that's what comes next. But I'm, and I'm sure a lot of artists that I meet too, they're like, I can literally say your intro in my head. Like I say it as you say it sometimes. <laughs> Consistency. Anyway, so yeah, I'm your host, Andrea Earhart. And this week is another snippet out of my book, Mural Money. So I wrote this book about a year and a half ago, it came out. And it's so fun for me because right around now, this time of year, this summer, is when I started to write it about two years ago. And I remember just all the things just flooding to me. And at first, really, I was like, okay, I have this idea to write a book. And first off, I just was disgusted with that idea. I was like, who am I to write a book? I'm in my 30s. It's not going to be as good as if I waited until my 50s. I would have way more stories to tell. I'd have way more knowledge on murals. Who the heck am I to write this book? And I talk about that because even though I've been doing murals for 10 years, it's still there. It's that whole thing in the back of your head of like, any new step is weird, but I'm glad I did it. And really, I forced myself to do it because this is a book on how to start and grow your mural business from the ground up. And the longer I've been in this mural game, the more I forget about those early years. So I wanted to just get it out on paper and give out all my best art and business tips and social media was a huge one. It's how I grew my business. Without social media, it would have been a lot harder in the beginning. This is the perfect time for artists to show our stuff, promote, and build an art business the easy way. We don't have to take out ads in newspapers anymore. We can just show up and hundreds to thousands of people see our content. Yes, there's a lot of competition out there, but I just wanted you to take a moment and reframe your mind around the idea of sharing your art on social media. Imagine your another fitness influencer creating videos for Instagram. You're trying to make things interesting and different from all the other overly saturated people in that market. How interesting is someone lifting weights, really? <laughs> like, how much can you share what you ate for lunch? <laughs> like, sorry, I'm not hating. I'm just, I think about this every time I see some fitness influencers. There's a lot of them. Like a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, how just, I guess it's interesting to some people, but anyway, or imagine you're an insurance agent creating content. I say this because my husband sells insurance and it's just not that interesting. Now, how would you make that subject interesting for your community of followers? Nobody likes to talk about insurance for fun. It's insurance compared to art. <laughs> yeah. Or imagine you practice law and are trying to build a customer base on Facebook by sharing fun legal facts. You'd likely run out of fun legal facts pretty quickly if there are any. And then what? What do you make videos out? How do you share photos and make people like and share them? I had a business owner friend tell me once, she said, if I could just create fun paintings to share on Instagram, my business would be so much easier because she sees what I do and she sees all the likes that I'm getting and she's like, that's so easy, right? And she was right. But then I thought in the back of my head, I'm like, you don't know how many artists are like 
It's not that easy, right? But in comparison, being an artist on social media isn't even fair to the rest of the jobs out there. We do have it easy. A small percentage of our audience can do what we do or think that they can or maybe want to try. And so that leaves about 90% or more on social media, the users that are in awe of what we can create with paint and canvas. They watch, they comment, sometimes share photos and videos, and then a small, small percentage will actually buy if we do it right. And by do it right, I mean create something appealing that gets seen by the right customer at the right price. This week's episode is a chapter out of my book, Mural Money, all about social media, and I share my successes along with fellow artists who have used a variety of social platforms as a tool to make art sales because throughout this whole book, I didn't want to just make it something about me because I'm just one small section and the tools that I've used and the way I've used them, even on social media, it's vastly different from how other artists are doing it. So it was... I made a big point to include many artists in this book so you can just get different perspectives so you're not just listening to mine because the way I did it with video might not resonate with you. You might want to do live video or you might you like TikTok better. And so I have examples of how all other artists or a lot of other artists have built their social media, not just me. And I think you'll get at least one new idea out of it. And I hope you're able to reframe your mindset away from the thought that social media is hard and onto the idea that social media is actually pretty fun and relatively easy. (laughs) If you think about that, relatively easy compared to the other jobs out there. And if you like this sneak peek of my book, Mural Money, then I highly encourage you to get the audio version of the full thing with over 15 hours of listening inspiration. I'm currently running a special of just $17 for the audio version at muralmoney.com. And that comes with a bunch of extras like my art supply list, my pricing guide, my recommended book and podcast list, and so much more. I filled this book with tips from my journey of building a profitable mural career. Plus, I've included the best of the best advice from guests I've interviewed on this podcast. It's the most affordable all-in-one book of advice on art and business. And if you enjoy listening to me here, I know that you'll enjoy the book too because I read it myself. The book is available on Amazon and Audible normally for $25. But if you go to muralmoney.com, That's where you can grab the special $17 deal while it lasts. If you haven't listened to my book yet, this is your sign to do it. I'm only running this special for a limited time, $17, normally $25, but you have to go to muralmoney.com to get that deal. Anyway, let's get to it and let me know what you think about this week's episode all about social media. Chapter 9, Social Media As I was gallivanting around town painting street art, I was also growing my social media presence. My murals served as a billboard for my skills, and every one of them was marked with the hashtag 417StreetArt. For each mural or new piece painted, I posted images of my art online to get the word out about my skills. In the beginning, I mainly focused on Facebook and Instagram, but later branched out to Pinterest, TikTok, and even LinkedIn. We're going to get into all of them, but while social media often gets a bad rap for being a time waster and online bullying, it is one of the best tools that I've used to market my paintings. Despite the ugly side of the internet, I think it does so much more good than harm. I choose to see the positive aspects social media can offer for my business. 
Right now, with so much more online traffic, the internet has made it one of the best moments in history to be an artist. Establishing a prominent online presence is easy for those who could figure it out and put in the time and consistency required. The online opportunities for artists are limitless. We no longer need to rely on having our artwork displayed in galleries to gain notoriety. Instead of hiring an agent to help us with marketing, we just have to show up as our authentic selves online. This is truly the best marketing tool for those brave enough to do it. I have many examples to share with you of jobs I've landed just by posting content on social media. My very first mural project came from Facebook. A veterans history museum found my newly created art page and reached out. They have a small building here in Springfield and needed an exterior mural to bring some interest to the museum. They had a vision of an American flag to be painted on their metal awning to catch the attention of those in cars passing by. I remember not knowing how to approach that project right away. And I was shocked when I saw their inquiry in my social media direct message box. Self-doubting thoughts rushed through my mind and I was confused about why they wanted me to paint for them. At the time, my Facebook page had images of my artwork from my recent college years and maybe a logo or two. I can't quite remember exactly what I had posted to promote my art skills at the time, but I can tell you it probably wasn't very impressive. (laughs) It was enough for that museum to hire me though. It was miserably hot painting on a metal roof, but I was happy to be doing it. (laughs) It was about five foot by 50 feet wide And I charged them $300 total for that mural. (laughs) Oh gosh, I thought that was decent pay for a beginner artist. So let's just all have a good laugh at that. (laughs) I had nothing to compare to when it came to pricing my services in the beginning. You know, I didn't have a mentor, a book, or even someone to message on social media. Honestly, I would have been delighted to receive any amount of payment because this was my first taste of what being a working artist was all about. It was tough, but I was hooked. And it's funny because I spent like almost $100 in paint. (laughs) Like it was $300 total for that mural. Anyway, I took a few images of that rooftop American flag mural and shared them online. After that first mural, another one came my way. I painted, posted content, and repeated the process. It wasn't always automatic. Sometimes the next job took a couple of weeks to pop up and new customers always seemed to reference the photos I would post online. Many more projects and a few years later, the next project that forever lives in my memory came from Instagram. I had just started taking Instagram seriously and was working hard to build my account. I had this idea that if I gained followers, then the jobs would come right? I don't know. This was very early on and I didn't have any proof of this. It was just a shot in the dark. I was posting regularly, upping my photo quality and adding thoughtful captions to each post. It wasn't long after I had started to work on my Instagram account that one of my followers tagged me in a post made by a famous TV show. Their post advertised a need for an artist to come to Louisiana and paint a mural for their company's main location. I reached out to the TV show immediately and let them know that I would love to work with them on their new project. I told them that I was willing to travel and asked what kind of a budget they had in mind. In addition, I directed them towards some of my past projects that I had completed for the outdoor store, which I knew were painted in the exact style they needed. 
both brands were very similar to each other. So I had confidence that I would hopefully land this one. Luckily, they loved my past work and let me know that the budget for the project was $5,000. My jaw dropped at the thought of completing a $5,000 mural. You see, at the time, I was still in the beginning phases of finding new customers after working for the outdoor store. Today, getting a 5K mural is pretty common, but I was shocked back then. It gave me hope that I was actually going to be able to make this mural thing work outside of the walls of the outdoor store. It also gave me hope that social media could possibly be a way to do it. We scheduled the date and I drove down to Louisiana with Ryan. We were actually newly engaged at the time, so I dragged him along really to help me speed up the process. And we completed the mural in just a few days. After the job was done, I was still stunned that we had just made $5,000 in less than a week. Sure, it took driving to another state and an extra hand from my energetic soon-to-be husband. Plus, we quickly learned that painting midday in Louisiana just wasn't possible. So we had to adjust our sleep schedule to work at night. And even then, the temperatures were about 85 degrees Fahrenheit at midnight. We were hot and sweaty from the minute we picked up a paintbrush But again, I didn't mind. I would do anything to be able to make great money painting for a living. I considered any inconveniences to be part of paying my dues. I was aware that this big opportunity would not have crossed my path if I hadn't put in the initial effort to build my Instagram account. Having many people following my artwork allowed me to cast a wide net and ultimately hook this company and many others who were looking for artists to paint for them. Although I focused mainly on Instagram and Facebook in the beginning, those two platforms were enough to help me market myself to both local and faraway audiences. Soon after I painted that mural for the popular TV show, a member of one of the largest companies in Springfield contacted me requesting I paint something for them too. They had seen my posts online and had wall space that needed to be filled. We decided after a couple of meetings to keep it simple and just paint their logo on the wall. I made sure that this thing was painted absolutely perfectly because I was 100% sold on the power of referrals and photos. I knew more jobs would come from this opportunity, so I took multiple photos, videos, and a time lapse to promote it. That big logo job led me to getting hired to paint other logos around town. I loved it because logos are my bread and butter. I'm constantly getting requests for them. They are so profitable that it's easy for me to hit my monthly income goal with just a few logo jobs lined up. Still today, I get very excited when a business pops into my inbox requesting a giant logo to be hand painted. (laughs) Painting straight lines are so satisfying and I love that the design is already made for me. Just to clarify, I don't create logos. I just paint them. It's just copying and pasting their design onto the wall, really. I'll get lost in a good audiobook while working on the logo, and those days just fly by. Throughout the years, the same cycle would recur. I would complete a job for a reputable establishment, and other businesses would reach out requesting my murals, logos, or any other artwork they needed. People would request more of what I was already posting. If I posted a logo job, I would get another logo job request. If I posted a mural for a kid's room... Well, you guessed it, I would then be asked to paint a mural for a kid's room. People want what they see others enjoying. 
If you are an artist interested in working full-time, it is important for you to begin building your social media accounts now. Let's work on it together, but we're gonna cast that vast net as I did and allow more eyes to see what you are capable of creating. Getting your name out there for the public to see is how your future customers will come to know you exist. After all, they can't and won't hire you if they don't know you're out there. (laughs) Don't wait around for luck to happen to you. Begin building your social media accounts today. Remember, we need to create our own luck and this is how we do it. To help get you started, let's take a look at each platform I use to showcase my art business. While each social media app and website has its pros and cons, a couple have been more helpful than others by allowing me to reach a wider audience. First up is Facebook or Meta as they are currently in the transition of rebranding. But for this book, we'll continue to call it Facebook. Although this is the oldest platform and has quickly become known for catering to an older crowd, Facebook is still one of the most significant contributors to keeping my schedule busy. Unfortunately, this platform has dwindled for a few years now when it comes to a younger audience. You know, kids don't want to be on the same platform as their parents. Many believe this may mean the platform will eventually die off, but I highly doubt it. Never doubt Mark Zuckerberg. He will find a way to keep Facebook thriving. Just mark my words. It's the godfather of all platforms, unless you count MySpace, which I do not, by the way. (laughs) Poor Tom. But Facebook has almost 3 billion, that's billion with a B, active monthly users on the platform. If you're not on Facebook, you're limiting yourself. Whatever you do on any other platform can be done well on Facebook too. Short form video won't do well on YouTube. Long form video won't do well on TikTok, but it will all do well on Facebook. Blogs, sound bites, and even long or short captions all perform well on this platform. There's no wrong way to post here. I think the lack of posting limitations is one of the factors that will make this platform live a very long life. Facebook is great for selling things locally murals, prints, customers, commissions, originals, you name it. This is where your family hangs out as well as your friends. Even your family and friends can invite people you don't know to your business page where they may make a purchase. If you don't already have a Facebook page for your art, create one. I'm giving you the permission now. (laughs) I have a soft spot for the strategy because I received my first mural commission by just having a page created. I don't put a ton of work into my page, which you can see for yourself at facebook.com slash art by Andrea Earhart. I post a few times per week to keep it updated and the results far exceed the effort. But don't just take it from me. Take Whitney Hayden, a muralist in Houston, Texas, as the perfect example for using a Facebook business page to jumpstart her art business. She started painting when she was 26 while working at Dollar Tree. She was living with her parents with a baby on the way when her boredom got the best of her one day. She started painting her mom's chalkboard with this like Jimmy Buffett style chalk art. She says her mom came home and was impressed. That night, she called her friend and asked if she could paint something in her kids' room nursery walls. Her friend agreed, and Whitney went the next day to paint a big tree on the nursery wall. She then started a Facebook business page and posted an image of that nursery mural to their page. She painted for a few more friends and family members for free until paying jobs started rolling in through that Facebook page. She painted for a few more friends and family members for free until paying jobs started rolling in due to her posting. 
Whitney has since been painting for 10 years, and now her mom works for her. I met the mother-daughter duo in Houston one summer and got the chance to paint with them for an afternoon. We were chatting about her early days, and she mentioned that a customer recently reminded her of the first time she had painted for him way back in the day. He mentioned how she had to stop painting to go breastfeed her new baby. (laughs) She's been hustling since the beginning to create the business she has today with a waiting list of more than six months. She now bids projects at $200 per hour, which is much more than her Dollar Tree hourly wage. Whitney says, I think social media was the most important part of my growth. Whitney and I initially connected on Instagram, actually, and she was the first artist I reached out to that I didn't know beforehand to come onto my podcast as a guest. You can hear more about Whitney's story on episode three of the Artist Academy podcast found at muralmoney.com. In the beginning, I invited anyone and everyone to like my Facebook page. I also posted consistently and asked people to share my content every once in a while, which set me up with an audience of local referrals. Growth has been slow, but that's to be expected since there are so many artists fighting for attention on this mega platform. I have a love-hate relationship with the Facebook algorithm. The creators of Facebook seem to know that their platform is a big deal and they randomly throw curveballs whenever they like. Since Facebook kicked off the whole social media generation, they know they don't always have to walk the same path as the other platforms. You see, Facebook is a more pay-to-play platform right now, but paying for ads isn't necessarily a bad thing. Although I haven't participated in paid ads yet, I know they can be highly beneficial. However, I recommend starting by making free content first and then going and paying for your ads. Until you have nailed down what type of content does well on your chosen platform and have practiced by making quite a few videos or photos or whatever you want, I don't recommend paying for ads until then. Many think that an ad will help fill the void and solve the problem of not gaining enough views. If your content isn't of the quality people expect, you'll be paying money for ads that won't do anything. In short, paying for ads on content that may not be interesting to the majority will just be a waste of time and money. But through practice, you can get a good feel for what works before you begin paying platforms to push your content. I think this is a much better strategy. The best way to grow on Facebook is to get people to share your content. How do you do that? Ask them. (laughs) You ask them to share or create content so interesting that people will want to share it on their own. Think about what you like to share. What content wows you? Impress your audience and the growth will happen organically. Murals have this like size thing going for them. You know, people are amazed by artists who paint big things. And this type of art leads to content that earns a lot of shares. You can ask big pages with larger followings to share your content. If you have a video about painting a butterfly, you can go to a butterfly featuring page and request they share your video. Pages are always looking for content to share. Give them ready to post relevant and interesting videos makes their life easier too. The big word to pay attention to here is relevant. I can't ask a butterfly page to share my other art content. It has to fit the context of their page and the quality needs to be on par with the page's other posts for them to even consider the content. You can reach out to them via email, direct message, and some even have a content form to fill out with certain requirements for you to follow. Every page is different, so do your research and see what's required. A big page sharing your video could skyrocket your following 
and lead you to your next customer. Facebook groups are a fantastic way to reach a specific niche audience and connect with them. For example, if you like to paint kids' room murals, then posting your work in local mom groups would put you directly in front of a variety of possible customers. Certain groups have specific rules when it comes to sharing and promoting, so go in with the intent to entertain. Group members can think for themselves if they want to hire you. If you want to paint locally, then I recommend you find a local community Facebook group and post your art there. If you create murals that people can recognize around town, the feedback you'll get from posting in a local group can be overwhelmingly positive. My tiny hometown of Wheatland, Missouri has a local group encompassing the entire county and called Hickory County Chat, where people post about the local happenings. Every time I create a mural in the area, I'll post it in that group and the word spreads. I'll post in my current city's local Facebook group as well. It's called Love Springfield. People enjoy seeing what's happening around their neck of the woods, and I'll often land a job from one simple post. Just keep an eye out for your other inbox and especially your spam inbox on Facebook. I'll get requests that end up in those inboxes all the time. Sadly, it's often a month or more before I've realized that I'd have a message there. So just if you post in any of these groups, expect people who you're not friends with to message you. And sometimes Facebook will kick it in the other inbox and it'll get lost. So just know. There's always some new feature that Facebook is pushing, so you'll want to stay diligent in figuring them out and applying them to your art business. Live videos were the shiny new feature for a while, and then it was on to long-form videos. Facebook groups were once a big hit too. Whatever new idea Facebook comes up with, I suggest you try to be the first to jump on it. They put their energy into pushing new features and will reward your efforts with more views. Video is the future. And it's also where Facebook has been focusing its attention in the past several years. I predict it will continue to be their focus even more. We've come a long way from sharing pixelated photos and tagging ourselves at restaurants. Do you remember doing that? I remember when being tagged in a post was like the cool thing, you know, when you're like tagged at a restaurant or something. Now, Facebook Watch is hosting a number of music videos and even its own exclusive television style shows just like Netflix did. When Facebook rolled out their live feature back in 2016, Dionne Woods of the Turquoise Iris jumped on the opportunity to paint live for her audience. Dionne had already been painting furniture for a few years by then and has since created a wildly successful brand. A lot of her success started with going live on Facebook. In the beginning, Dionne went live once a week. Slowly but surely, she started to gain a bigger audience who would pop on the live videos to watch and just see how she effortlessly blended colors on wood. She says, it's all about layers and using the right paint. She would show her techniques and process through live video. Word started to spread and Dion began to see that her consistent efforts amounted to more followers and more quality engagement. In 2017, she created a series called Friday Night Live, where she would appear live on Facebook at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. She's proud to say that she has only missed a few Fridays since that start. It's all about consistency. (laughs) After seeing the power of going live, she challenged herself to do 100 live videos in 100 days during 2018, 2019, and 2020. Being the boss babe she is, you already know that she stuck to her word and followed through with each of the challenges. Dion says, 
I believe the connections made through live video have been the greatest source of my growth. Dion was the first person to introduce me to the idea of going live on multiple platforms at one time. Have you ever heard of this? This woman is so adaptive and one of the hardest working creatives I know. She explained how she had multiple phones up at once, one for Facebook, one for YouTube, and even a third for Instagram to showcase her live video. So she would borrow her kids' phones to accomplish this and multitask to get the most out of her efforts. Smart. Nowadays, she goes live on multiple social media platforms and you can find her live on Facebook anywhere between three to six times every single week. This includes going live on her business page as well as in her three membership groups. If Dion's doing it, it's because it's working and we should all take note of that. You can listen to Dion's interview on episode 20 of the Artist Academy podcast by going to muralmoney.com. The story about how she started as a stay-at-home mom, dabbling in crafts and turning her hobby into a six-figure brand is inspiring. Instagram. (laughs) Facebook bought Instagram in 2012, just two years after its original release date. Instagram currently has over 1 billion active monthly users with 500 million of them being daily active users. Of all cell phone users in the United States, 46% have the Instagram app installed. I can see why, because it happens to be my favorite of all the social media platforms. To talk numbers, Instagram is tied with Facebook when it comes to the amount of business it has generated me. That's interesting for me to think because I actually have a much larger following on Instagram. It's not about having a ton of followers after all. As much as I love strange men sending me daily heart gifts to my inbox, I'm on social media to gain business and not necessarily random admirers. The number of followers does not necessarily equate to the number of dollars you earn. You have to know how to sell to them. I've watched new artists with less than 1,000 followers be booked out due to social media because they've tapped into the right niche and they've put themselves in front of an audience that greatly appreciates their work. I love Instagram because I feel like it's made for artists, photographers included. Its focus is mostly visual, which makes it the perfect platform to showcase our art. Instagram caters mostly to young adults and at the moment is trying to encourage creators to make more videos. In my opinion, Instagram allows people to showcase their skills in a more exciting way, where Facebook is primarily about photo sharing and Facebook watch and all that, but Instagram has branched out into offering many fun ways for creators to demonstrate their talents, such as Instagram Reels. Instagram started out as a photo sharing app and then incorporated many videos with a maximum record time of 15 seconds. Later, they increased that link to one minute before they eventually rolled out Instagram Live. Then Facebook offered to buy Snapchat, but they were refused. So they unveiled their very own version as the Instagram stories feature. Instagram Reels came later in 2020, and it's basically a copy of TikTok, if we're being honest. Like Facebook, they've removed all of their own limitations surrounding content creation, and I believe this is a big reason for the mega platform's continued growth. It's not slowing down. Being an Instagram influencer is a new popular thing to be, and you know, many people make a living purely by posting videos online and receiving payment for creating content. I've received a large number of free products for trade for a shout out on my Instagram. Companies like Strathmore or Jerry's Artorama have hired me to create content as a paid hashtag ad with products I already use. 
Becoming an Instagram influencer is a whole other subject. It could be a mini book in itself relating to gaining influence and representing companies online. So let's just keep it simple and stick to the basics of growing a following to attract our customers. I like making video ads for companies, but it's not my main thing. Murals are definitely the biggest moneymaker in my business, and I would much rather receive a request for a giant logo or a colorful mural anyway. But people will often find me on social media, go to my website to see more, then fill out my inquiry inbox on my business website asking for a mural. That's typically how it works. Sometimes I'll get a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. However, bigger companies typically prefer to communicate through email. Instagram users started out curating and posting perfect content. Now people are done with the fake online stuff. People want authentic. When people land on your IG profile, what do they see? If they click on your story, will they see your face? Will they see you creating? Will they be entertained by your content? (laughs) All these things to ask yourself. I was chatting with a customer on a job one day and we were discussing social media growth. She owns a boutique and we had been tagging each other all week to cross-promote our services and our products. She was a few years ahead of me when it came to using social media to promote her business, and this made me listen intently to the advice she gave me. We were talking about what it took to grow a following and encourage followers to purchase products and services. We got to chatting about why some people make it on social media and why some are duds. She vocalized a thought that I'll never forget. She said, you know, If I went to the profiles of some of the other artists around here, you'll likely see nothing on their story. But when I go to yours, I know I'll see a story update. I bet you've already posted something today, right? (laughs) I nodded my head to agree with her. She said, that's the difference between someone who is going to make it and those who won't. It's consistent effort. They don't want it as badly as we do. They want to get by with the bare minimum, and that's not what drives sales. She was right. Putting in effort is a simple strategy that many struggle with. Those who try hardest will win. There's no special recipe or trick to growing your social media. I'm sorry. Are you willing to put in the time to give the effort that's needed to grow? Amy Hoover is a great example of someone who has built up a following on Instagram and gets continued sales through the platform. She's booked out through most of the upcoming year thanks to her consistent efforts on Instagram to attract art collectors. Amy was also the one who inspired me to do my first art challenge. I watched her create a new painting every day for the month of September with great success. Her paintings weren't just small sketches that she created in a couple of hours, but rather big, beautiful canvas paintings that commanded the attention of any viewer. As tired as she was throughout the month, it was something her followers looked forward to and many of those paintings sold. In an interview with Amy on episode 47 of the Artist Academy podcast found at muralmoney.com, she shared her techniques for attaching hashtags to every post. I'm a hashtag whore, she said. I knew I loved her from that exact statement. She went on to explain how she used the hashtag hyena on her recent hyena painting and a customer purchased her painting just by finding her through that method. Although Instagram is always changing its preferences about how many hashtags you use and where to place them, whether it be in the caption or the comment section, it's smart to add a few relevant hashtags to your posts. I'll often add local hashtags like hashtag 417 street art and hashtag Springfield, Missouri to my posts. And I'll also, you know, maybe tag a couple local community centered accounts like 
at Love Springfield to help spread awareness of my art. Admittedly, this is the part where I'll often slack and forget to add the little extra tags. I know that creating good quality content is more important than a hashtag for tagging another account, but I think it's a great way to help boost the post overall. Having a good hashtag won't make up for a poorly lit photo showcasing a piece of art that I just threw together with little effort. I know that creating big, impressive murals is where the likes, comments, and shares come from, but hashtags can help. Aside from the one-off random videos that get a lot of attention for little effort, I know that the majority of the attention I get is focused on the original paintings that were created with a lot of time and consideration. Effort really does pay off when it comes to success on Instagram and any social media platform. When I first decided to grow my following on Instagram, I went to YouTube to watch a video about how a travel influencer grew his following by paying travel accounts to feature him. I wondered if the same method would work for me with accounts that featured art. After some research to find legitimate art featuring accounts, I started tagging them in my posts. Some took notice and shared my posts, which led to a few new followers. The strategy was working. I then decided to speed up my results by paying some of the bigger art featuring accounts to share my art. I negotiated a few of the offers down because I felt like my content was high quality and it would benefit both of us to cross promote. After I paid about $100 to a few art featuring accounts, they shared my photos and I gained a couple thousand followers. I viewed that $100 fee as a marketing expense for my art business. I told myself that it would be worth it if I was able to gain just one customer from the deal. At the time, I didn't realize that most of my new followers were actually other artists. <laughs> I was just excited to see the strategy working. I repeated this method a few more times. I would spend a couple of hundred dollars in total and gained a few thousand more followers. I'm sure I gained at least one art collector during that time. However, as I mentioned, it was mostly other artists following me. Some of the artists still do art challenges with me today. So overall, I call that a win. If you want to try this method to help grow your following, that's fine. Just watch out for the scammers. Anyone trying to guarantee you 1,000 new followers for a set price is a scammer. If they offer to feature your art on their page for a fee, then just take a minute to go through their account and make sure they are legit. If they have a following of 1 million but are only getting a few hundred likes on each post, then it's likely a scam. The ratio of likes per followers should be similar to anyone else with a bigger following. I currently have a little over 70,000 followers on Instagram and I average at minimum 500 likes and then, but maybe like 2,000, 3,000, somewhere in there on each post, depending on the quality of content, of course. On some videos, I've had millions of views, which results in thousands of likes and comments. Those are pretty rare though. I haven't paid an art featuring account in a long time, especially since Instagram unveiled the Reels feature. I found out that taking my time to create quality video had more potential than paying for a featured ad. I know that I'm much more likely to attract a future customer using Reels too. See chapter 11 for a deep dive into what it takes to create a great video that's sure to get seen on Instagram. Another IG growth strategy is to connect with other artists through live interviews, which gives you both instant promotion to each other's following. I've done over 100 Instagram live interviews with fellow artists for the podcast. I'll also go live with the Artist Academy students to get to know them better and to share my audience with them. 
Have you ever done a share for share before? It's similar to the dual live strategy, except you simply share each other's photos on your story. This method can be a lot less scary than going live with another artist. <laughs> this strategy is basically what brands pay me to do with their product shout outs, except I'm shouting out another artist and they're returning the favor. To start the process of a share for share, I'll ask another artist, influencer, or business if they'd like to do it. And I'll explain that I'll share a piece of content of their choice, preferably a video, along with a caption of why my followers would be interested in what they offer. I'll share why I'm following that person in hopes of persuading others to follow them as well. And then they'll return the favor and both of our numbers will go up. I particularly like doing this with local businesses to try to increase my local audience, part of becoming the go-to artist. You know, we do this because you never know where your next customer might come from. Someone following me might like my posts because they like me as a person, but they don't necessarily strongly connect with my art. However, there have been many times I've shared other artists' work on my story and bam, one of my followers falls in love with their art and purchases it. Nowadays, I'll pull up my Instagram for anyone I first meet who asks about my art. I'll jokingly say, I'm much cooler on Instagram. Here, let me have your phone. I'll search my name, hit the follow button, and give their phone back to them to look over my recent photos. That way, I control that they're following me. <laughs> Instagram is my own personal art gallery that anyone can stumble on at any time. TikTok. Right up there with Instagram, TikTok is now one of my favorite apps. I downloaded TikTok in 2019 after a friend mentioned that she couldn't tear away from this addicting app. Tell me more, I said. My friend explained that a Chinese company came up with this trending app that all the kids are using now. She said, it's kind of weird, but oddly addicting. I opened it and didn't know what I was looking at. Kids were lip singing, pretending to sing the lyrics of songs. I didn't get it. The only thing that made me continue scrolling was my friend's enthusiastic recommendation and my hunch that TikTok would be the next big thing. You see, I had been searching for a new social media platform that was due at any time to steal the attention away from Instagram and Facebook. Since platforms were beginning to focus more on video, I predicted any new and popular app would have that as a focus. Phone cameras were becoming better every year and the quality was getting closer to that of a DSLR. I often wondered if the attention would divert back to YouTube since that's a video sharing app. But as I scrolled through TikTok, I became more and more convinced that this could be the next big thing. First off, the kids were on it and that's how every new platform starts. Facebook started with the college kids. Instagram had the young crowd at first too. Now the teens and tweens were all over TikTok. I knew that where the kids started, the millennials will soon follow and the Gen Z crowd will eventually mosey over too. I convinced my friend to make a TikTok video with me right then and there. We were painting a mural and simply set my phone on the tripod and hit record. It played a trending song and we did a silly simple dance that only two girls with left feet could do. <laughs> it wasn't impressive, but it was fun. And it's actually still there if you scroll way down on my TikTok, <laughs> but don't. We had a good laugh and posted it. The video received a few hundred views despite my profile having zero followers. I even gained a few followers in the coming hours as the views increased. That's odd, I thought. I recognized that TikTok was a platform that pushed content out to its users outside of my current following. Hmm. That night, I uploaded a couple more videos that had been stored away on my phone. I added a trending song to the video. 
and one video ended up receiving 10,000 views. I didn't know how that happened, but I was baffled. My following grew to an audience of a few hundred. Oh, this is good. I really think this could be the next big thing, I thought. A video-based platform that caters to its users by pushing out quality content. Facebook was turning into a pay-to-play platform and Instagram growth was getting harder to achieve by the month. TikTok seemed to be rewarding the users who make quality videos by pushing them out to other users. I was on board. I had been unknowingly preparing for this moment for the past couple of years by experimenting with video. I had a ton of short and long form videos stored on my iPhone memory, so I didn't need to create anything new right away. I started sharing one to two posts per day on TikTok. I was still experimenting with what video would do well on this new and mysteriously amazing platform. A couple of weeks later, I had a video hit half a million views. I was hooked. (laughs) I was even asked by a TikTok promotional company to participate in their paid creator campaign that paid users to post one artistic video per day. They pay me $500 per month. This was easy money because like I said, I had so much video stored away on my phone already. Plus, I was also creating something new most weekdays. One of the best algorithms I've countered to this day is the one that TikTok currently uses. It starts by automatically sending out your content to a handful of viewers, whether they follow you or not. This is key because it is tough to grow a following on a platform that only shows your post to a small selection of their existing followers. Facebook, yeah. An algorithm that shows your content to viewers who haven't even followed you yet is an excellent opportunity for businesses hoping to reach a wider audience. The platform that puts the control in the user's court is the best type of algorithm for business owners, advertising services, and expertise. On Facebook, you have a certain amount of followers and people you have allowed in your circle. When you post something, your content is revealed to only your friends, followers, and the people who specifically seek out your public profile. Facebook isn't going to push your content out to anyone other than the people who already follow you. That's just not how their algorithm currently works. To go a little more in depth, my understanding of the TikTok algorithm is that it starts by sending your content to a handful of users. If the majority of those people watch your video all the way through, the algorithm goes ahead and pushes it to even more people. In the eyes of the algorithm, It must be good content if people are staying to watch. You see, the algorithm's mission is to keep people on the platform for as long as possible. Think of it as though you're working together with it. You know, you're producing content you think will keep people on the platform longer. If the algorithm and viewers agree, your video will be pushed to more people to enjoy. Let's say 100 people watch your video and the majority like the content and stay to completely watch it. It can be challenging to reach and impress the majority, but the majority includes people from all age groups, genders, backgrounds, preferences, and more. If the masses are watching your videos all the way through, commenting, liking, and the algorithm will see that your content is worth more attention. It may then choose to send your video out to 1,000 people or even 10,000 more people. If your content continues to impress more and more viewers, it will continually be pushed out for more and more people to see. If your content proves itself to be interesting with that small amount, say it goes from 100 
to 1,000 to 10,000, your video could reach 100,000 or even a million people. I gained 200,000 new followers during my first year of posting TikTok videos. As my TikTok following grew, it would spill over into Instagram as well. I haven't gotten many mural jobs from TikTok, but I've sold a lot of prints thanks to the accessibility the app gives its creators. <laughs> if you create quality content, then you will be rewarded with more views. The users decide the fate of video instead of the guys behind the scenes. That's how it should be, right? If TikTok keeps its customers' interests in mind, then I foresee a bright future for this innovative company. Instagram has adopted a very similar algorithm process for the Reels video sharing portion of the app. I have noticed that Instagram Reels is close to TikTok in the way it exposes content to a smaller audience first and then to more and more as it gains trust in the quality of the content. It isn't exactly the same as TikTok though. In my experience, it is a bit slower. For example, something on TikTok can go viral overnight or within just a few hours, while it could take days for anything to gain traction on Instagram Reels. Since we're in it for the long game though, it doesn't really matter now, does it? <laughs> now, there is a wide variety of people on TikTok. Many are saying it's tough to grow now because it's so saturated nowadays, but I have a different view, okay? People, which way do you prefer? Do you want fewer eyes to see your art with fewer competition or a lot more eyes with a lot of competition? There's really no happy medium. Think of it as more eyes on your content equals more opportunities with future customers. Megan Moyai, for example, is an artist from Utah who discovered TikTok early in 2020. I was first introduced to Megan on TikTok and soon after interviewed her on episode 114 of the Artist Academy podcast. It was then that she shared with me that she discovered TikTok for herself by listening to a previous podcast episode and hearing me advocate for it so much. Megan started by experimenting with her art-related videos, figuring out what methods worked best. She began to gain traction with her videos regularly reaching 10,000 views. At the time, she even posted one that hit a few thousand views. Print orders started coming in after that, and this TikTok strategy started working for her. It became a pattern for her to receive about 10,000 views per video, and then on a rare occasion, one of her posts would receive 100,000 or more. Crazy. After five months of creatively posting and a pile of print orders later, Megan found herself booked out with commissions for the rest of the calendar year. Megan decided she would create an art series that would represent the 12 zodiac signs. This series gave her video watchers something to follow along with, and they looked forward to each upcoming painting. Everyone was waiting to see her zodiac signs represented. She had her first video that hit over 1 million views in early 2021. It was a video of her Scorpio painting, which was the fifth zodiac sign to be created in her series. After almost one year of creating videos, Megan had finally tapped in to what makes a video go viral. With many consistent TikTok views in between, the second viral video came just a couple months later when she revealed her Aquarius painting. Once her Zodiac series was complete, she went to work on her next series. This time, she would be painting The Seven Deadly Sins. Megan unveiled her first painting in the series, and by episode five, her video hit 12 million views. I see a pattern here, with the fifth painting being the one that sparked viral attention. Many of us get frustrated when our first idea doesn't go viral, right? Or a second or a third. 
For Megan, it was her fifth attempt at each series that really took off. I asked her what kind of sales she was getting per video on a regular basis. Having a viral video is great, but the reason we all do it besides it being fun is to get sales. She sent me a screenshot of her impressive stats. The viral video that received 12 million views sent her nearly 6,000 visitors to her website, which resulted in a couple thousand dollars in sales. Her business got all of that attention from one 20-second video. Another viral video received just over 1 million views, which meant around 1,000 followers went to her website and purchased a few hundred dollars in prints. Megan testifies that she receives three to five print sales on an average week just by posting consistently. On top of that, she sold a handful of originals with price tags upwards of $2,000 each. Thank you, TikTok. (laughs) I think... And I'm sure Megan would agree that the success of her Seven Deadly Sins series was partly due to the corresponding holiday. Halloween was just around the corner and people were in the mood for wicked content. This does not take away from the fact that Megan has worked hard to consistently create videos for almost two years to figure out her own recipe of what makes a video interesting. She knew to overlap her theme with the upcoming holiday to increase her views. Haunted sounds were trending on the app, and she strategically used them to her advantage. When I asked her for advice that I could relay to you about TikTok growth and conversions, Megan said, I think focusing on creating a community is more important than gaining followers. Focusing on adding value to your viewers, and you will attract your target audience automatically. To add to that, if you don't capture someone's attention within the first two to three seconds, they'll scroll away. Putting a sentence at the top and letting people know what the video is about helps too. Your TikTok is like a music album. You're going to have some hits and then you're going to have some that don't do so well. But not every video has to do well for you to consistently grow. Ryan and I were in Salt Lake City, Utah for a week when we met up with Megan after being internet friends for over a year. She was telling me how she and her husband would send funny TikToks to each other all the time. So meaning she spends time on the app to get familiar with it and learn about what is trending. She gets inspiration from other TikTokers and then makes those ideas her own. It helps that she's stunningly beautiful, both in real life and in her videos. But beauty without creativity and effort on this app won't get you very far. She has both and it's a force to be reckoned with. Just to talk a little bit on this, so I hear this excuse quite a bit. Actually, the argument is that social media is only for the bold and the beautiful. I can't deny that reality that yes, looks can help attract attention. However, so does humor and the ability to entertain. Maybe a defined style, confidence, or being undeniably good at your craft. You know, why do you follow people? I bet it's not just because of their looks. If you're the one who thinks that they've missed the opportunity because you didn't get on TikTok early enough, think again. Megan is still receiving quality engagement because she puts out quality videos. I predict that she'll one day soon surpass 1 million followers if she keeps it up. Yes, it was easier to get attention on TikTok when fewer artists were on it, which meant less competition. The numbers of users on the app has doubled since Megan and I first hopped on. This means that there are more chances to find customers and older ones who can afford art. In fact, 37% of American mobile internet users access TikTok at least once a month, and that percentage continues to grow. 
Now is the time to start practicing on any app, especially TikTok, if you're into creating videos. Your future self will thank you for it a year from now. Do you like creating videos? Do you like being on camera? I mean, few people are naturally comfortable with that at first, myself included in that unnatural category. But if you prefer writing or creating blog posts seems like way more fun than creating a silly video, then go that route. Ignore TikTok. But if you find yourself scrolling on that platform, being entertained by the videos, then I suggest you try it out. Create content for the platforms you're already drawn to. If you try it and find that you think TikTok is still annoying after giving your best effort, then maybe it's not right for you right? I mean, if you like it, then it has a better chance of working out. Megan and I happen to be very entertained by the short videos and enjoy creating our own. Just like finding a niche, gravitate towards the areas where you naturally spend your time. LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn has amazing potential and it's only growing. Business professionals and owners are my ideal customers. So LinkedIn is the perfect spot to help me gain exposure to that crowd. If your art is geared towards businesses, I cannot recommend signing up for LinkedIn enough. It still baffles me how I can search for just about any company and find a number of their employees, managers, CEOs on LinkedIn. It's a great way to find and connect with a lot of the people in the business world. Whether you want to pitch them a mural or just know more about their company, I highly suggest using LinkedIn as your business search engine. Even though I have the least amount of followers on LinkedIn, some of my biggest jobs have come from that platform. I don't get a ton of engagement with few likes and minimal shares per post. However, when someone does choose to reach out to me on LinkedIn, it's typically for a job. My growth strategy for LinkedIn has been first to add anyone and everyone in my current network and connect with them on that site. The second step was to post my content consistently and try to get people to interact with it. As it currently works, if a user interacts with my photo by liking, sharing, or commenting, then that post will get in front of the faces of that person's contacts. Meaning, if Joe likes my mural video, then Joe's followers will see my video pop up on their feed because Joe was the link between us. This is how new followers are finding and connecting with me. Lately, I've heard statements like, hey, you're the artist I'm always seeing on LinkedIn. <laughs> the first time I heard this phrase, my eyes instantly got wider. LinkedIn isn't as socially popular as something like Instagram. So I was shocked to hear those words come out of someone's mouth. I believe that my art content stands out on LinkedIn because it's not your typical business post usually found on that site. You know, when people are scrolling, they normally see links or blog articles and not murals. This works in my favor because it gives me a chance to stand out amongst the boringness. One of my major ways I've been able to grow my art business so fast is by going where other artists are not. It's tough to stand out in a crowd of amazing artists, but it's easy to stand out in a crowd amongst non-creative people. LinkedIn is a great place to start because it is designed to connect you with people within your network and surroundings. This means you'll be reaching people who will realistically purchase your services. I've noticed that posting an image to my local network along with questions directed at the audience is a prime way to get attention for LinkedIn. For example, you can post an image of two very different murals that you've painted for previous clients and ask, which one do you prefer? Comment for the colorful painting and like for the black and white painting. 
This strategy gives your audience a call to action to interact with your post. People love a chance to assert their opinions and cast a vote. So why don't you use this for your advantage and invite them to do so? I typically share the content I'm already posting on Facebook and Instagram onto LinkedIn with little to no extra thought. I have noticed that anything community-driven typically performs exceptionally well on LinkedIn, which makes sense with it being full of local business owners, right? So the hashtag for one street art posts and anything involving local businesses tend to get more engagement than other art posts. It's not just community murals that get attention either, though. Casey Lynn Hancock is known as Casey Paintings on most social media sites. When I first started to look at LinkedIn as a possible profitable advertising tool, I saw that Casey was already there posting regularly. I also noticed her engagement was in through the roof. She was getting upwards of 1,000 likes with over 100 comments per post. While this might be typical for an influencer on Instagram, This seemed very out of the norm for LinkedIn. I immediately messaged Casey to get the lowdown. She said, I try to hit as many platforms as I can. I agree with her thought process on that and started posting on LinkedIn too. My growth has been slow, but worth the effort. I started by getting only a few likes or posts and maybe a comment every once in a while. I don't think I gained a new customer from LinkedIn for many months after I started, but I kept at it because I believed in the idea. Almost two years later, I'm currently receiving anywhere from like 20 to 300 likes per post, depending on the quality of content, not a ton, but I've gained many customers from that platform as well. None of my LinkedIn posts have gone viral and my reach isn't anywhere near that of my TikTok account. Yet, I still continue to post because I know that LinkedIn audience is different from the audience on other platforms. I know that I'm much more likely to find my ideal customer, my target market, on there rather than TikTok, but I'll continue to post on all of them to cast a wide net. Casey, however, has gone on to create posts with high engagement that receives several thousands of likes and a few hundred comments. Like the girl is, she is doing great. She recently sold a painting for $39,000 to a customer who found her on the business-minded platform. You never know where your buyer may come from, so why not spread your art as far as it can go? Pinterest. Pinterest is a search platform just like Google, but is much more geared towards arts, crafts, recipes, and ways to decorate your home. In my experience, someone reaching out for artwork on Pinterest is more likely to make a purchase than on some of the other platforms. There are about half a million active monthly users on Pinterest. If you are an artist who has linked all of your pins to your website, this is an excellent opportunity to sell more prints and originals, especially. Another Pinterest perk is that you can post and ghost, which means you can post and then ignore every comment that comes after because there typically aren't any. Unlike other platforms where you can need to comment back and engage with your audience, Pinterest doesn't need that level of effort. You can post a photo and then not worry about checking in to see if people are commenting or messaging you. It's a very low maintenance. Again, I simply post the content I'm sharing on other platforms onto this one. I'll add a few tags and promote descriptions and then organize them onto the Pinterest folders. And that's it. I've sold a few things from Pinterest and have gained several new followers. Once I popped up on a Pinterest search when a woman typed in muralist and she hired me for a very large mural project. You know, Pinterest isn't my top referral on my website by any means, but I know many artists who have shown me based on their Google analytics that Pinterest is one of their top apps for sales. 
If you're looking to learn more about Pinterest, then check out Dion Woods with the Turquoise Iris. She is the Pinterest queen and shares so many great tips in her membership group. By the way, if you haven't signed up for Google Analytics on your website, do that now. It's eye-opening to see where people are coming from and landing on your website. It's how I know Facebook and Instagram are my top contributors with TikTok coming in a very close third. WhatsApp. Did you know that WhatsApp comes in third right above Instagram on the list of apps with the top monthly active users? It's true. WhatsApp has around 1.6 billion active users each month. It's owned by the godfather, Facebook. So that right there is reason enough to possibly look into this platform. I've heard of artists posting WhatsApp and successfully selling their art, but I don't personally know much about it at this time. I downloaded WhatsApp years ago when I first started traveling. Other travelers introduced me to it as a way to communicate while overseas. It makes sense that fellow artist Lawrence White is using it to sell his art. He's based in London, and I first met him on episode 15 of the Artist Academy podcast. He told me that 60% of his art sales come from a WhatsApp group he created to directly connect with his customers. He informed me that WhatsApp is the most popular messaging service in the United Kingdom, partly due to the fact that it's completely free. He brings in future customers in his texting community by posting on his social media to attract them. He simply asks if anybody would want to join his exclusive art community on WhatsApp. He sends out new artwork and behind-the-scenes content to his group that he doesn't put on other social media platforms. Providing exclusive content makes his WhatsApp followers a part of something special. This also means that they have direct access to him. It's basically like sending and receiving texts, he explains. He puts everyone into a broadcast list instead of a group so their numbers are protected and it's less like a group chat. He's the only one that can send the mass messages to avoid the type of group chat we've all been trapped in before, where a flood of responses leads to constant notifications and a stream of unwanted words. It's not like that. <laughs> he says, once I put a message into the group, it automatically gets sent out to everyone. On their end, it looks like they've gotten a direct message from me and they can reply back. Lawrence said he has grown his list to over 1,500 people at the time and our latest chat of 2021. Lawrence has also warned about the downside of WhatsApp, which is that it involves a lot of messaging back and forth. It can take up a lot of your time to respond to everyone. In the end, as more and more people feel invested in what you're doing and get to know you more as an artist, this does tend to turn into print sales. Lawrence has sold out his NFT collection by using the strategy with WhatsApp. He shares how he prefers WhatsApp over something like a newsletter since it's a little bit more personal. Secondly, it means that he controls the consumer data as opposed to other apps like Instagram having full reign of who sees its content. Lawrence says, you own all of those numbers and can keep messaging them to make sure your work gets to the right people. I call that making your own luck. Snapchat. My first experiences with Snapchat were during the years I was working only for the outdoor store. Since I was under contract not to share my art on public social media sites, I took to Snapchat to send short-lived mini videos to my friends and family. I wanted to update them on what I was creating and Snapchat seemed to be the easiest way to get a photo or video to a big group while not breaking my contract agreement. Snapchat was my first 
experience recording face-to-face camera video and posting it regularly for my friends to see. It was baby steps towards what is now an almost daily practice on Instagram and Facebook stories. At the time, I had maybe 100 people viewing my snaps. The viewers were people I actually knew, and this made it less intimidating to show off my progress. When Instagram basically copied Snapchat and revealed its Instagram stories feature, I could quickly see that one of the two had to go. Creating short videos on both platforms took too much time for me, and I saw a lot more feedback and growth potential on Instagram. Snapchat also doesn't have the setup or audience to help me sell my services or artwork compared to other platforms. I mean, this platform is all about socializing with who you already know versus expanding your horizons to a broader audience. I'm sure there are ways to sell artwork on Snapchat, but I just haven't dedicated enough time to figuring them out. Also, I can only stretch myself so far with the time and resources I have. Through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn, and sometimes Pinterest, I am kept pretty busy. Snapchat isn't a one-size-fits-all platform like Facebook, and for that reason, I cut it out of my social media strategy. However, I don't want you to hear this and think, well, she's a non-Snapchat, so I should quit too. That's not the point I'm trying to make. Snapchat is constantly on the top downloaded apps list on iTunes, and it's where a lot of the kids spend their time. There's something to be said about that. I think there is potential there. I'm just not one to spread knowledge about it. YouTube. YouTube has over 2 billion active monthly users. This is the one platform I know I should pay more attention to, but I haven't fully dove in yet. YouTube is on the fast track to replacing television if it hasn't already. There are already many creators capitalizing on YouTube's potential by posting time lapses, tutorials, vlogs, and they even have YouTube shorts now. It's an excellent source of entertainment and the perfect platform for long-form video. If you decide to pour yourself into YouTube, I would highly advise against making how-to videos if you don't want to attract other artists. If you want to draw in buyers, you'll have to form a strategy based on what they would like to see from your content. YouTube definitely has the setup to be of great use to artists hoping to sell their services and artworks on the platform. Again, I just haven't dove into it, so I'm not the best one to talk about it. Twitter. Twitter is a place I don't spend any of my time, so I have no interest in it. I've tried and it just doesn't do it for me. Words on the screen pale in comparison to those catchy videos or beautiful photos that I see scrolling on other platforms. That is not to say that Twitter is a waste of time. I am sure someone somewhere is doing very well tagging celebrities in their portrait paintings and getting them shared, or is it retweeted? I don't know. If you currently spend time on Twitter, then I suggest posting your art there. If you aren't already on Twitter, though, and then it's just, I just don't think it's something to worry about. The algorithm is your friend. If you have spent any amount of time researching how to build a social media account, you have probably heard the term algorithm. Now, the technical definition of the word as defined by the Oxford language is a process or set of rules to be followed in calculations or other problem-solving operations, especially by a computer blah, blah, blah. For those of us who are not savvy with technology, we understand social media algorithms to be a set of convoluted rules that determines if our content gets viewed. I provide the dictionary definition to help you separate your emotions from the word algorithm. Many people think that the algorithm is out to get them, or they have an image in their head that someone's sitting behind a screen purposely banning their content. That's just not the case. Rather than approaching social media with a victim mentality, I would love for you to reframe your thinking as I have reframed mine. The algorithm is there to work for us 
and not against us. It is designed to push creators to publish quality content, and that makes me want to figure out how to create videos and images people want to see. In addition, the algorithm works together with viewers to determine if your content is worth pushing. The algorithm is different for each platform, but one goal you should have across all platforms is to keep people looking at your content for as long as possible. You see, the platforms can tell how long someone stays on your content. Even if the viewers don't necessarily interact with what you posted, the algorithm will still measure how engaging your content is by how long people are looking at it or watching it. Videos tend to keep the audience attention longer than images. We all think highly of our content, videos, images, and art because we put a lot of time and consideration into them. But when we put it out there for the world to see and they don't get noticed, sometimes it can be a little upsetting. You know, it's kind of like having kids. You think your kid is like the best thing since sliced bread. Well, because they're your kids, right? And you supposedly, you know, you think really high of them you know, you see how cute and intelligent they are, and you may even think that they're smarter and cuter than any other kid on the planet. Addition, you have more patience with your kid than you do with anyone else's kid. And God forbid someone points out a flaw on your child. It's the same with posting content on social media. We think our content is fantastic and don't always understand if someone else doesn't notice or like what we've posted. It's likely that the content you are creating and putting out on social media is amazing and top quality. However, You have to look at the competition, audience, and trends of the particular social platform. The algorithm is always on your side as long as everybody else agrees that your content is good. So if it's not getting views, let's figure out a way to step it up. Algorithms change and adjust as technology advances. I'm not oblivious to the fact that this portion of the book may be irrelevant within a few years or even just one year. To stay updated on my opinions about the popular platforms and the ways they work, check out my thoughts at muralmoney.com. Choose your platforms. There are always going to be new platforms hitting the market, and I'm sure there will be a new one by next year and within 10 or even 20 years, the online world of social media may be unrecognizable compared to what it is today. There's no telling what the next big thing might be. My advice is to pick something you are already familiar with when choosing the best platform for your art business. What tends to feel the most comfortable to you will be the platform you will gravitate towards the most. Your content on this platform will look more authentic and it won't feel as though you are forcing things just to promote your business. Picking platforms you don't enjoy using will feel like you have to walk uphill every day just to promote your art. That's why I don't use Snapchat. I don't connect with that platform like I do others. And it's okay not to do it all. If you're already signed up with Facebook, I would recommend starting there. To get started, you can build a business page and invite your friends and acquaintances to like it or even follow your brand. From there, you can move on to building your Instagram, but just one at a time. It was easier for me to build one platform at a time before moving on to the next one. Now that I have a grasp on a few, I manage them all simultaneously. Each platform operates with a different algorithm like we discussed, but they're relatively similar when it comes to the type of content that typically does well. Figure out what kind of video or photos gain attention on each platform and research how you can monetize your efforts. An entire book could be written about social media alone. There's so much to each platform, but I wanted to give you just a general idea on how I'm using a few to grow. This way, you can choose the ones that might be best for your business. 
Don't get too caught up on the science behind why you post. Show yourself working, practicing, using a paintbrush, and keep your audiences updated on your daily progress. You can let your followers see the beginning sketch of a project, the messy middle, and the amazing, beautiful end product. Every post doesn't need to be some big accomplishment. Show yourself being an artist. You don't necessarily have to show up on Instagram ready to pour your heart and soul into your daily posts either. While it's essential to grow your audience, your progress, and your recent work, you don't want to waste too much time creating content. That'll just take time away from your artwork. You'll post videos and images that simply show you working. Don't over-edit them. And you'll be amazed by the number of people who will be interested in watching and following. Start slow. Just post. Just post what you're doing. The purpose of posting your daily workflow on social media is to attract attention. Understandably, the artist that gets the most attention is going to typically sell the most artwork. Once you find the type of content that works well for your account, do it over and over again. While posting your progress and showing yourself practicing, the best thing you can do is work on your consistency and repetition. Sign up for an art challenge and share your progress every single day that will help you form the habit of posting your content on social media at a rate consistent enough to gain attention. The artists who post five days a week out of habit will surpass artists who post twice a month out of obligation. Get in the rhythm of posting, sharing, and not worrying too much about your captions. Trust me, it'll get easier with time. Don't overthink it. Posting online and putting yourself out there can be scary. People online aren't always nice, but that comes with the territory and gaining more attention on the internet. Although it can be nerve-wracking and challenging at first, that's not an excuse not to do it. Most of the people you encounter will be positive, so just focus on that. Digital marketing is crucial for artists in this day and age. It's easier than going out and shouting to the world. You know, like painting, creating content for social media. It takes practice. You'll start slowly getting quicker with time. Eventually, you'll be able to post compelling content without having to spend a ton of time editing, second-guessing yourself, or thinking about potential haters. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. I've been putting out at least one episode per week for more than four years on this podcast. And it's really cool to see those download numbers go up and up as time goes on. And that's because artists like you listen and share these episodes. So really, when I say thank you, I mean it. (laughs) It's really cool to see progress along the way. And anyway, if you like this type of art and business content, then I highly encourage you to get the audio version of my book, Mural Money, with over 15 hours of listening inspiration. I'm currently running a special of just $17 for the audio version. You can go to muralmoney.com to find it. And that comes with a bunch of extras like my art supply list, my pricing guide, recommended book and podcast list, and so much more. I filled that book with tips from my art journey of building a profitable mural career. Plus, I've included the best of the best advice from guests I've interviewed on this podcast. It's the most affordable all-in-one book of advice on art and business that I have. And if you enjoy listening to me here, then I know you'll like the book too because I read it myself 
all 15 hours of it. <laughs> the book is available on Amazon and Audible normally for $25, but if you go to muralmoney.com, that is where you can grab the special $17 deal while it lasts. If you haven't listened to my book yet, this is your sign to do it. Again, normally $25, running a special for $17, but you have to go to muralmoney.com. That's where you can grab the audio version of it. And that's all I have for you today. So I will see you next week for another episode of the Artist Academy podcast.